Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. Today's guest is a Kentuckian by birth and a Lexingtonian by choice. Her love for our state and our city guides her wonderful work in historical preservation and her role as executive director of the newly reopened Lexington History Museum. And if you're familiar with a DISC assessment, she is one of my favorite Ds that I have ever, ever met. Here is our good friend, Dr. Mandy Higgins. Thanks. Okay, so something that I'm sure that you maybe know is when people come on the show, I only do like a very small stocking of their lives just to like get a feel. And we kind of know each other from Leadership Lexington. So I did a little deep dive. And the first thing I saw was Dr. Amanda Higgins. And I screamed out loud because I did not know that. Yeah. For like 10 years. That has to be. Do you make people call you doctor? I would. So, um. Here's a secret. Mm. If you ever meet me and you're introduced to me, there's a good chance that someone will say, oh, this is Dr. Amanda Higgins. Yes. And I will say, no, 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 it's Mandy. Uh-huh. And then, so that's my, like, I'm really awkward, but this is how I'm going to make everybody feel better. I love that. Yeah. You have a really nice setup of, like, here's the official part, but you can call me Mandy. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah, I try to. Yeah. Um, because I can't save your life. I can only really, like, help you understand how you got here and why. Right. Which um, is important. It is very important. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I don't need anyone thinking that, like, if they cut their foot off, I'm going to be able to fix it. Right. So. CPR certified? No. No. How okay. we should be. There we go. Yeah. Well, if maybe you... when we do uh, public service day. Yes. But if you're in trouble, please do not call Dr. Amanda <laughs> Higgins because she will not be able to help. No. So you have a busy week this I week. do. The ribbon cutting yes. for Lexington History Museum is this weekend. How are you feeling? I'm really excited. Uh-huh. Um, we, so I took this job like 10 months ago. Oh, my almost gosh. Almost to the day. Um, and... 
I am nothing if not ambitious. And so, you know, in my head, this was going to be open for spring of Keeneland uh, yes. of 23, but we made it for the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been sort of lights out for the last six months writing text and making sure we have all the objects and making sure that we're telling this very inclusive Lexington mm. story. And I'm so excited to share it with the city and with so our visitors. Fun. Now, give me a little bit of history on the museum. Now, you all have been closed for how long? For a decade. Okay. Yeah. So we started in 1998 mm-hmm. um, under the leadership of Mayor Pam Miller. Uh, came out of a, a lawsuit that was about something downtown, sure. whatever, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, and they established, Mayor Miller and LFUCG established the museum mm-hmm. in the old courthouse. So where Zim's and everything is now. Gotcha. Um, and they were there from about 2002 to 2012 mm-hmm. when. Um, lead paint dust and mold were discovered yes, and it was, it was no longer safe to mm, for course. anyone to yes. to be there so um, mayor gray and with every right reason yeah. um asked us to leave <laughs> uh, get your stuff and go be yes. safe yes um and then em- embarked on a really beautiful p3 um you know public private mm-hmm. partnership uh renewal of that space and so as they did that, the museum didn't quite fit in the plans, and we were without a home for a decade, uh-huh. which was difficult, um, and really, of course, led to you know some loss of funding and some mm-hmm. other issues. Uh, but the board stayed committed, did a number of pop-up events, partnership exhibits with the library and at downtown businesses to make sure that some piece of the collection was right. out. Um, we have a quarterly Lex Talk series where we talk about history, yeah. um, and that continued through this sort of without a home period. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then last summer, um, going into fiscal year 23, the um, working with Tim Burcham, the board went to council um, and thank thank God for Susan Lamb and yes. Kathy Plowman <laughs> um, and the council who saw the need for this and reinvested, made a startup investment in the museum um, from the city. And that's a three-year startup, and then they mm-hmm. part of the deal was hiring staff and making sure that there was a physical space. And so um, I was hired in October of 2022, and then in January I hired our curator, Katrina Dixon, mm-hmm. um, who is fabulous. Uh, and we signed a lease with the Bluegrass Trust to be in the Thomas Hunt Morgan House. And uh, this week it's we cut happening. the it's happening and people will get to see oh it. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So so what can we expect from this new like resurgence of life and the new building? Yeah. Tell us all, give us all the goods there. Yeah. Um, so the Thomas Hunt Morgan Building is stewarded by the Bluegrass Trust. Uh, it was built in 1869 by the. The Hunt Morgans, Charlton, you know, all the things. All of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Henrietta Morgan mm-hmm. gave the land. Uh, and they lived there um, until the younger Ellen Morgan. Okay. You can learn about the Morgan women in our exhibit. Yes. Um, the younger <laughs> Ellen Morgan passed in the 40s. Um, and then the property was deeded to this um, first to the Christchurch scientists then to another church, and then to the Odd Fellows, and to, to the Seventh-day Adventists, and then, mm. long history, in 1964, 65, the Women's Club of Central Kentucky took over the entire oh, property. Okay. And so the Women's Club, met, the Women's Club 
met there from 1965 through today. Um, and in 2014, 2015, they deeded the property to the Bluegrass Trust to be the long-term oh. steward of that building. Um, and the trust used it, did rentals, did all kinds of things. And then um, we came to a mutually beneficial uh, rental agreement where we would take over the first floor exhibit, tell Lexington's history in this historic building that's downtown so with cool. a little bit of parking. Um, and so when you come in, mm-hmm. um, our goal is for you to get your feet wet in Lexington history. Mm-hmm. So we will have some deep dives, but they're not going to be the deep dives that you can get elsewhere because we believe um, other people are doing that better and we shouldn't oh, be telling their stories. So um, the examples I always give are Ashland and Mary Todd Lincoln, yeah. right? So Ashland, the Henry Clay estate, tell you everything you need to know about Henry Clay, right? And they'll do right. it well. And yes. they've been doing it well for a long time. Henry Clay, of course, is mentioned in our exhibit, but you're not going to get his full life story. Right. And the same thing for Mary Todd and in the, the Civil War and those sorts of things. You can find those answers elsewhere. Mm-hmm. What we can do is give you this broad overview of mm-hmm. Lexington from um, before European contact. So from the earliest people that were in Fayette County, 9,000 B.C., through the 21st century. Um, And then when you have a question, we can say, you know who can answer that for you? Go see our friends here. Go do this. Oh, that's so cool. Um, And we see ourselves as the place where for a deeper dive – places that don't have a history or are not accessible, right. we can tell those stories. So um, our first temporary exhibit I sort of hinted at before is about Thomas Hunt Morgan, mm. the first mm-hmm. Kentuckian to win a Nobel Prize, um, about the fruit fly. There's a 3D yes. printed fruit, fruit fly that you can come see. Also, this is so bizarre, and maybe no one will agree with me. And also, I don't know a whole lot about his backstory, so I want to be gentle when giving him compliments, just because I, I don't know that man like that. <laughs> but he was kind of handsome. He was kind of handsome. See, here's the thing about the Hunt Morgans. They are yeah. frustrating yeah. Um, at the very best. Mm. Mm-hmm. But like all like sweet fraternity-looking Lexingtonian boys, it's hard. I get it. It's hard. Yeah. Swoopy hair. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's smart. It really he smart. smart. He was very smart. I mean, first Kentucky to win a Nobel Prize. And he, what is so interesting to me, and this doesn't make the panel, so now you're getting a little, <laughs> yes. little in-depth yes. piece. Um, so Thomas Hunt Morgan grew up in this house mm-hmm. that was steeped in lost cause, you know, war between the states, war of northern aggression, mm-hmm. all these things that historians know is not a real thing correct um civil war was about (laughs) enslavement there it is Uh, um, so he grew up in this house his mother started the united daughters of the confederacy in that the lexington chapter in that house okay so this is a house that's steeped in at best some very um polite racism and in reality Mm. some very real racism yes so Morgan, Tom, Dr. Morgan, mm-hmm. is li- initially sort of vested in that. He joins the um, phrenology group, right, the, like, mm-hmm. measuring heads. Um, he he sort of plays with it. And then he realizes that he can't prove it. Mm. So he says that this is not a real thing. I can't show this in science. Now. Yeah. We can give him credit for that. 
we should also complicate that credit in that he thought he would say, well, deficiencies amongst the races is about a social agenda. It's about, yeah, right. So like very Mm -hmm. ahead of his time in his racism. (laughs) Which is such a polite thing to say. Yeah, right? Like, I don't know what else to say about it. But he, you wouldn't play with fruit flies in your high school classes if it weren't for Dr. Morgan and his wife and his students at Columbia and at Caltech. We, he really, he and his wife really pushed how inheritance happens Mm -hmm. and how mutations on genes happen. Right. And that's incredible. Um, You know, he could have been a better um, steward of history, but... We, we're all That's working. We are. Yes. We're all trying. <laughs> yes. Right. Now, before we get back to yeah. the story of the museum, I want to know a little bit more about how your passion came to be. Like, how did you find yourself doing what you do? That's a great question. Um, so there, this might be a little long-winded. I love it. <laughs> we have all the time we in the world. We do. Um, so my grandfathers were storytellers. Mm-hmm. One of them was sort of a blue collar. He was an airport cop. Um, like to woodwork. The other was a dentist. And so he would talk, they would talk at you while they were doing things, right? And they would tell me about their lives. So um, I learned very young to ask questions and then to just let people talk to me, which you're very good at too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And that started it. And then, but I came to college actually to be a long form journalist. Oh. I wanted to be like Christiane Amapur. Right, yeah. Uh, I wanted to do investigations and long form journalism. And I went, I took my first journalism class and I hated it. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I've mentioned I was ambitious before. Um, I didn't think I needed to do the grunt work. Uh huh. And I didn't want to talk to people on the worst days of their lives. Oh, right. Because, like, love a cub yes. re- reporter is probably yep. going to the fire or going to have to, you know, stalk the police station yes. or whatever it is. I didn't want to do it. Right. Uh, so then I was like, well, I still like stories. And yeah. I still like investigating. I'll be a history major, but I'm going to go to law school. Oh. Can you imagine? So um, because, you know, that's what people, smart people right. do. That's the thing. They become lawyers yeah. and whatever. So um, I took tons of history classes. And then my um, first semester of my senior year, I took constitutional law. Mm. Um, and the history of law in the United States. Mm-hmm. Same class, same, two classes. Yeah. They were both taught with the Socratic method. They were both taught like it was law school. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah, I could, no, <laughs> hated it. Count me out. Uh, skipped the LSAT, like had been signed up, didn't take Hilarious. it. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, my parents were not thrilled. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> still on mom dad's dime at that point. <laughs> Took... The um, GRE. Uh-huh. And this, again, the things that I liked were, okay, so this is the law, whatever. Mm-hmm. Who cares if we're not talking about the people it impacted mm. in the ways that it did? And so that was very clear to me. That's where history would be. Yeah. Again, ambitious, um, blinded by my ambition at times, thought that I would go be this big rock star oh, professor. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, and worked towards that for a mm-hmm. long time actually taught um, when I got out of graduate school first in our college for a year oh. on a visiting mm-hmm. professorship, but realized that I wasn't 
making the impact I thought I could. Sure. Um, and thought back to some of the other experiences I had over the course of my college career and actually my first public history experience. So museum world is called right. public history. My first public history experience, the first time I cataloged an object, the first time I saw an exhibit was as an intern in the early 2000s at the Lexington History Museum. Stop. Oh my gosh. Full body chills. <laughs> so um, I realized that I could do that. And then I had also interned at the Kentucky Historical Society mm-hmm. when I was a graduate student, and an opening existed there when I was looking for a job. And my um, history pal, mm-hmm. uh, literally pal, his initials are P-A-L, <laughs> um, Dr. Patrick Lewis of the Filson Historical Society now called me and said, you need to apply for this. And so then I worked for seven years uh, for the state in Frankfurt, and that's where I honed this sort of really engaged, right. really peppy if I'm excited about it, everybody should be excited mm-hmm. about it um, role because what's so cool about history, at least to me, isn't people or names. Like, mm-hmm. I know people geek out about who's whomever, who. And who yes. Yeah. Um, and I do that, too. Like, I love Muhammad Ali. We can talk about right, Muhammad yes. Ali whenever you want. <laughs> um, but for me, the entire intellectual question that I've been chasing for 20 years in this work is – how does change happen? Mm. Who does it and how and why and what are the pressures to make that happen? And so to get people excited about questions like that, Mm -hmm. to think historically is just the most rewarding piece because you make connections, people make connections that you would never think could could come together. Oh, my whomever grew up on a farm and look, there's a hemp break and maybe they use that or Um, whatever that might be. Right. These things that we think of, you know, hemp's a great example. Um, hemp's having a moment, right? Yeah. Trying to bring that back into the Kentucky landscape. Let's talk historically about what it did to the environment, who was often the laborers, right. the ways that processing hemp has not gotten easier and what uh-huh. that means. Um, what does bag – like, is ship and bagging something that actually we need? Right. And how are we using hemp in other, way, other ways? All of that has a history mm. that we can bring to it. And so, you know, getting to see other people geek out about it is really cool. And having that sort of, you know, just being excited about it yes. gives people, uh, I think, the permission to be excited too. Because history mm-hmm. is often a, you know, oh, those nerdy yeah. readers. Right. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but it's so cool. It's so fun. <laughs> um, and it allows you to to get deeper really quickly with folks. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Now, as an executive director, you have to be even more excited because you get to see from the top down everybody getting excited about these new journeys and stories. Mm-hmm. How does that feel knowing that, like, you were an intern at one point and now you're the executive director? That's, like, that's a huge jump. And how sweet. <laughs> that's so fun. It is so fun. Um it is a lot of pressure. Sure. Um, you know, I. it's not just being an executive director. It's being an executive director of the Lexington History Museum. Mm. So this is my home. Yeah. Like, I became an adult here. Uh-huh. Uh, I did, full disclosure for all of you long-term, lifelong Lexingtonians, I did not, I was not born here. We know. Um, but I came when I was 18, yep. and I, I would Planting say. roots. It's roots. It's here. Yep. We're here. Um, I became who I am. In Lexington. Yeah. So doing right by Mm. this city that I love so much, um, and a city that loves itself a whole lot, too, 
the pressure for that is a lot. Um, but being able to see how mm-hmm. much folks take away, um, the make those connections, have those memories. So, you know, we're not open to the public today. Right. Um, but when we will be, when we've had folks in, they'll stop at a place and say, oh, my God, I remember mm. X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Or we got a donation um, a couple months ago from the um, Lowell Press, who is the son mm. of Lillian um, Press, who. I could just judge about for <laughs> Lil Press for forever and ever because uh, she helped found the Governor Scholars Program, and that's another story. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, he brought us uh, this donation, and then he started telling us about, you know, I remember uh-huh. this about my mom, and I remember playing at this department store downtown while she was shopping. And it's, you know, that's nostalgia, but it's right. also how people connect to their town, how yeah. they connect to their their lives. And unfortunately, we lost Lil Press in mm-hmm. 2020. And so to have that moment where someone can look at that and have and remember and mm-hmm. remember her uh, is really powerful. Yeah. And then other, you know, like we have all these IBMs, <laughs> which is, it's going to be incredible. Yes. But I, Lexmark was IBM. Yeah. IBM came in the 50s and really revolutionized Lexington. It expanded it, made it a modern city. Yep. And I, every person who's come in, any, like, contractor we need, anything, will come in and say, oh, my God, my so-and-so worked for IBM at this time. Or I remember when my parents had this model and they did this with it, right? So, it, again, like, when I took the job, I thought, oh, my typewriters yes (laughs) why Uh um but now i'm like never we can never not have a typewriter it matters so much to understanding 20th century lexington now that kind of leads me into my next question is what are you most looking forward to about this new reopening i am so excited for folks to see this reimagined museum Mm, mm, mm. um I'm. You asked what I was proudest about, and I sort of ignored that question. <laughs> but I'm so excited and so proud of the work we've done to really um, make sure that we are a museum for all of Lexington. Mm. And you may not see it all at once, sure. Um, but weaving stories of all of Lexington, not focusing just on this landed, very elite yes. history that we often easily know right right? of course that's important and it was definitely part of the story but there's a lot more to it so having that um i'm just really proud of the team for making sure we did that Mm. um and making sure that folks can see themselves in this museum Mm. uh because we've all all types of folk have existed yeah. for, throughout history and being able to be to to showcase that and mm-hmm. to say that Lexington is a place that has been diverse yeah. for centuries and has not always been and not always been right, right? Right. I talk a lot about the celebratory and the cautionary. Mm. Um, and that's what we're trying to do. There are things to celebrate here. Right. And there are lessons of missteps Absolutely. and of wrongs in our past that we don't have to continue with. Mm. And it's all sitting right there. And then there are fun things, like a typewriter. Right. And a horse mania horse. Yes. And a 3D fruit fly. Yep. So, like, if you're just looking for the weird, we got that. Too. Yes. That's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> now, where do you see the museum being in, let's say, like, five to ten years, if you can even think about that? Yeah. Ambitious. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Um, You know, I hope that we are 
the goal is to mm-hmm. be an an- a community anchor, mm-hmm. um, to be a place where Lexington can find itself and know itself, where our residents can um, better understand their place within Fayette County, better understand the, the role of Fayette County in Lexington and the country and the world, where visitors can see who we are, yes. who we've been, who we may still become. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ideally, we'd be in a permanent home not a rented home. Sure. Does that mean Thomas Hunt Morgan? Maybe. Maybe. Does that mean something else? Sure. Ten years is a long time. Yes. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. Um, but that we're still doing this, that we're still centering that inclusivity, that we're still um, a place where Lexington, every Lexingtonian can come and see a piece of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I, that we're not quite there yet with is the collection. Right. Uh, what we're able to show is based on what we have right. or what we can borrow. And there are holes. Of so course. one of that, one of those things in the next year, three, five, ten, is to be a trusted institution again mm-hmm. where folks feel that they can loan or give us material mm-hmm. so they are represented in that space. What do you think that takes? Like where do you build that trust and how do you do that with people? Uh, it's a lot of community engagement. Yeah, it's a lot of one-on-one conversations and walking the walk, right? Mm. So we, I can sit here and talk to you all day about how we're inclusive and we care about Lexington yes. and all of those things. But if we're not showing up, if we're not mm. in those communities, if we're not talking with folks, um, if we're not hearing their concerns, right, they're not going to trust us, mm-hmm. and that's fair. Um, history organizations have a long history themselves of at best misusing and at in reality abusing. Right. Um, particularly marginalized groups. But anyone, you know, being extractors. Right. Uh, and we're having a reckoning in the field about that right now, um, which is great. It needs to happen. Yep. We cannot be the Lexington History Museum cannot be an extractor. Mm. We are a partner. Mm. And that may mean that we are not the place that's trusted to, to show something right now. Sure. So let's have that conversation long term. Or it may be, yeah, I'll loan it to you for six months and we'll see how this goes. Right. And that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we want to show, you know, sort of the the pieces of museum work the behind the scenes that folks don't necessarily see mm-hmm. um, when they come into a museum and experience this really happy space are the ways that you get those artifacts. So making sure it's climate controlled, making yep. sure you have all the right paperwork, making sure that your attributions are correct. Yep. And when you're telling a story, that you're bringing the community in to comment on that. So other folks are reading your text and providing feedback and saying, you know, I wouldn't use that word there. or right. I understand that this is what the newspaper says, but But I was here Mm -hmm. and this is what happened. Mm -hmm. And particularly in Lexington for um, the 20th century and non-white Lexingtonians, that's really hard. Absolutely. Uh, The Herald-Leader did not cover much of the civil rights movement at all. Yep. So it looks like it didn't happen if you're only using newspapers. Correct. Right? And that's not to fault previous historians. We're always getting better every time that new material is made available. Um, But for a long time, the history was it didn't happen. It absolutely happened. (laughs) And we are um, so, so lucky to have um, some original Calvert McCann photographs. Wow. 
from the protests, uh, working with the Braun Thomas and Take Back Cheapside yeah. to bring that story forward. Um, you know, so those sorts of pieces. And when we, when DeBron Thomas, you know, trusts us, right? that carries some weight. Absolutely. Um, and we, it is our responsibility to continue that trust. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I take very seriously. Mm-hmm. Now, before we move on to segment two, tell us what needs you're facing right now that, you know, maybe some people can't be like, I have things in my backyard that you would be interested in. But how can people, especially people listening right now, how can they help, be it with funding or volunteerism? What does that look like for you all? Yeah. Funding is always a need yes. for um, small <laughs> community nonprofits. Uh, while the city is a wonderful supporter and donor, um, we are always open. Yes. Um, and you can donate online at LexHistory.org. Uh, we would be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> um, but honestly, you know, I think one of the things I think moderate for us that we struggle with, um, us being the big us, not the museum, right, is thinking that our, that our stories don't matter yet mm. and waiting, you know, I'll donate grandma's stuff, but my stuff doesn't really matter. Mm. Your stuff matters. Right. It, Ten years ago, five years ago, if you went to the Women's March, all of that stuff matters. And if you're – we're going to lose it. Right. So having that conversation, thinking about, like, okay, it's sitting in my basement. I'm just going to throw it away. Call us first. It may not fit. Uh Uh-huh. It may not be something that we can – that we can take care of. But it very well could be. And that could be anything from, you know, your time at – you. Our scope, right? Um, to make that clear, uh-huh. <laughs> we don't want anything ever. Um, we are focused on Fayette County. Gotcha, uh, Lexington, Fayette County, explicitly. Mm-hmm. So that does include UK and Transy and experiences like that. But if you like went to center, mm, we'd have to have a conversation, right? Yeah, something like that. So call us um, or send us an email, and we'd love to talk to you about what those donations can look like. It does not have to be something from 1880. Right. It can be something from 1980 that tells us about Lexington. I lo- I've never thought about that before. I guess that's how people, I mean, that's how museums do it, yeah. right? That's the whole thing. It's the whole thing. But we have, particularly huh. in the moment, we don't think our stories matter. Right. And historians are, you know, historians fight about this, about what is history. Uh-huh. So somebody who, a historian who writes about, like, Byzantium might say that the 20th century is not history. Mm. Now, I would say, I I am a 20th century scholar, Uh um, and I, we don't have good histories on, we have few good histories on, like, the 90s, but that was 30 years ago. That's a whole generation. When I was teaching... Um, and honestly, you probably don't even remember this because I'm looking across at you and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm about to remember that I am a solid decade older than you. Um, but I was teaching in 2014, 2015, uh-huh. uh, and my students didn't remember September 11th in oh, any meaningful yeah. way. Uh-huh. So I was teaching them. That's wild. what I lived, right? So I was 17. Like, it's not right. like I knew what I was right. doing. I still had to do research and figure it out of to course. make a good yes. lecture. But they had no context. No, um, maybe, you know, they were in kindergarten or, right. you know, something like that. So they yeah. knew something happened. Yeah. But they there was no, they'd lived their whole lives in this post-9-11 world without understanding how it got there. Right. And now, 
like college freshmen now, were not alive. Which is ridiculous. Right? So, like, we are history. <laughs> and having those pieces will help us 10 years from now when we go to tell uh, 20, you know, right. the 2000s in Lexington. SOS. <laughs> like, do not find pictures of me on Facebook uh, from the no, 2000s listen. in Lexington. Uh, I said just the other day, I'm not at my peak cuteness even now, but definitely not back in the day. No. So just keep no. those where they're at. Let's just, like, we're not going to talk about the bars we went to. No. We're not going to no, talk no, no. about any of that. No. Uh, so, yeah, that is, it is. Um, and it's getting sort of, for me, mm-hmm. I am a ground up, like a grassroots. Yep. I want to know what the what people like me did, mm. right? Because I'm not, in the grand scheme of things, I'm no more important right. than any other person. And I know, I wrote about the civil rights movement mm-hmm. um, and black power. Those are normal people. Right. Who had day jobs. Yeah. Or were students. Or, you know, went to church and were brave for a moment or Uh, for a lifetime or for whatever it might have been. But they're normal people. Yeah. Right? And we only know their stories because they were willing to give them to us. Mm. All of us have that piece. Maybe it's your diary. Maybe it's, um, you know, a poster from the first Backstreet Boys concert at Rubber Arena or whatever. You know, it doesn't have to be as profound as some of the material we have in the museum. But you'd be shocked at how profound we find these very personal pieces. Mm. I love that. Oh, do you ever have like existential crisis yes. doing things like this? Every day. That made my heart <laughs> race. I was like, oh my gosh, the 2000s exhibit. <laughs> oh, oh, never. Never. Like, I'm going to retire no. before that. No, no, no. We are not doing that. Okay, so every episode I like to do a thing I call BGCF Fast Facts, which is where I'm going to ask you a question, and without thinking about it too much, you'll give me the first answer that pops up. Are you ready? I am. What are you reading right now? Alice, Fo- or, nope, Lucy Foley, uh, <laughs> The Paris Apartment. Oh, okay. I started it, but then couldn't get into it in like the first chapter, mm-hmm. and I was like, I really want to read something now because I was on a trip, so I skipped it, but I think I need to go back to it. So... Uh, <laughs> Here's a confession. Okay. I read it thinking it was by a different author, and I was very confused for the first, oh, like, quarter. Yes. And it was like, I don't, where is the person that I'm expecting yep. to show up? Uh-huh. Forgot. I had read the guest list, liked the guest oh, list. Oh, yeah. I also love the guest list. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. It's a little slow. Uh-huh. I'm about 60% in, and, like, now I just need to figure out what's happening. Yeah. So I'm going to finish it. Yeah. Uh, but I almost gave up. Yeah. Okay, well then maybe I won't go back. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I hear I, like people rave about it. Oh but yeah, it's on every list, list ever. The guest yeah. list was great. It was. Really I had a great good. time. Yeah, I'm reading um, the only one left. Oh, I don't know that one. It's pretty spooky. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who writes it right off the top of my head, but it's another one that everybody's like, you have to read it. You have to read it. So I'll let you know. Yes. Yeah. What are you watching right now? <laughs> Suits. Everyone is watching Suits. <laughs> I know. I think it's because Succession has gone. Oh, okay. This is my new, like. Yep. So, full disclosure, I don't watch a ton of TV. Sure. I have little kids and, like, I'm tired. Yeah. Um, but I also am an insomniac at times. Sure. So I'll watch Suits. Uh-huh. Or I'll watch Netflix of some form if I'm, like, up at 2 a.m. freaking out about this museum opening. Uh-huh. Um, so Suits, as it is at the moment. But I do miss Succession. I'll tell you what my thing is. 
love and peace to her, it's mm-hmm. Meghan Markle. Yeah. It's one of those things where I get so taken out of it because I'm like, you're Meghan. And I know that you're married to Harry and I've read the book. I know everything that's gone down. <laughs> you're I'm, a princess now. You're a princess now. Yeah. And I think we just realized yesterday in our office that it is not about suits, yeah. but it's lawsuits mm-hmm. because they're lawyers. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. Revelation. Okay. What are you listening to right now? Ooh, um, nonstop Jason Isbell. Oh, New yes. album, Weather Rains. Uh, going to see him at the Ryman in October. <laughs> so exciting. So got to know all the words of yes. the new songs. Of course. Definitely know all the words of the old songs. Of course. Uh, and then Tyler Childers new. <sighs> love. Love him. And DeBron, who I was just talking about, in the video. What? Yeah. I've watched the video 10 times and did not realize. Mm-hmm. He's in the coal mines. He's at the dinner table. Oh my Watch again. gosh. It's incredible. Like such a, like, you know, Tyler's mountain guy, but like yep. that is Lexington. Yes. Silas and yep. his partner, Jason Kyle Howard yep. and DeBron. <sighs> DeBron was on this show and I feel like he should come back after doing that music video. He hey, should. I, uh, big fan of DeBron yes, Thomas. Also a very big fan of DeBron Thomas. Yes. He makes me so nervous. I love him. <laughs> what are you eating right now? Uh, peanut butter pretzels. Ooh. From Trader Joe's. They're like little nuggets. It's a lit, like, kind of like a combo. Yeah. <gasps> love a combo. Okay. Yeah. Love mm-hmm. a combo. So a leadership Lexington. Do you mm. remember Jordan asked what your, um, asked the steering committee what they would get at a gas station on a road trip. Yes, And and I immediately knew my answer, which would have been a Sprite and cheddar pretzel combos. I love that. I will fight someone physically over a Sprite. Love a Sprite. It's so good and underrated. Totally underrated. You can mix it. Yeah. It's the only soft drink I drink. Yeah. And yeah. So no caffeine. Yeah. No caffeine. But I have to keep the combos for just road trips. Yes. Can't keep them, like, in the house. No. The peanut butter pretzels might have to move to that soon, too. What are you most scared of? Uh, real talk failure. Mm. Funny. Ambition. Ambition, yep. right? Like, mm-hmm. total three. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that D was yes. right. <laughs> yes. Um, definitely failure in a, like, very deep sense. Right. In a, like, this is a silly podcast question. Um Oh, so many. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah. I don't like to be touched. Oh, okay. So, like, like oh. being sort of, I mean, I'm, like, friends or whatever. Right, But, yes. like, someone coming sort of up behind me and, like, putting a hand on her shoulder or, like, sort of, mm, uh-huh. do not like to be touched. Yep. So. We also, I'm having Leadership Lexington flashbacks. Mm-hmm. We did the circle exercise mm-hmm. where everyone held hands. And they gave us an option to let go. And I remember you being the first to be like, I'll let go. Yeah. I don't like this. So. <laughs> Not at all. And the uh, Anthony who I was holding hands with was the same. <laughs> yeah. He was like, you both no, were, like, were like, please get out. your hands off. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot in here. Yes. Please don't touch. I like you, I like but you. I don't know you like that. No, like no thank you. <laughs> forced intimacy. Yes. No, Maybe you. that's my fear. <gasps> Maybe that's We'll put that on the list yeah. as well. <laughs> what are you most proud of? Ooh. Um, I'm honestly my kids. Uh-huh. They're... They're great kids, and when you're, like, deep in it, it feels like not. But uh-huh. they are really good kids. Um, and I'm really, really, like, stupidly proud of this exhibit. <laughs> That's so exciting, though. And I feel like a lot of people don't feel comfortable saying that they're proud of something that they've accomplished. And, of course, you've done that, like, with a team. There's been an army of people helping. But 
What? I mean, that's a huge day. And we're, what? It's on Saturday? Yeah. We are days away from that happening. Days away. I know. It is um, one of the things I've worked really hard on in my life is to that balance of pride without it being egotistical. Yeah. And so it's hard, as you said, to admit that you are proud of something that you did. But it's a huge deal. And it's. It's really not a, a self-pride in the sense, like, I'm proud of myself that we made it here. It's right. that I'm really proud of this organization for yep. stepping up and doing what it was expected mm. to do. And for the – I'm really, really – the city, like, we deserve this. Yes. Um, and to bring that and to be a part of it and to be able to say we did it. Um, mm. And this is just the first step of that. Right. Feels really great. Mm. Who do you look up to? Um so many people mm-hmm. really lucky to have um really powerful mentors my mm-hmm. whole life um but looking up to is a little different than admiring right, right. uh so you know i look my parents mm-hmm. are are definitely people that i look up to mm-hmm. like i look to in that way um my advisor is tracy campbell at mm-hmm. uk and i very much look it's not an admiration it's a like yes. this is someone that I look to and would want to emulate yeah mm, I love that mm. now we're gonna skip past Saturday we're, we're gonna pretend Saturday happened and it went off without a hitch because it's going to what are you most looking forward to um, so I when you sent me this question I thought about it <laughs> yeah. um, frankly I am most looking forward to October in Lexington oh say more uh, I love October in Lexington it's the best time to be oh. here You've got football, you've got Keeneland, you've got basketball. Hopefully it won't be the surface of the sun hot. Yes. Um, so you can feel like a human when you're yep. outside. You can drink beer outside. Yes. Which is the best way to drink beer, yes. in my not-so-humble opinion. Yep. Um, we'll have the opening. We'll have the first month past us. And I feel like we'll hopefully be in a really good rhythm yep. um, with visitors. Also, that's because Keeneland, that's a high traffic time. Yep. So maybe we can introduce yes. some new folks to Lexington history. Um, and it's just, I love October. Like, I am Emily Dickinson in that way. I'm so glad to live in a world with Octobers. Do you decorate for October? Not really. Okay. Uh, my kids are disappointed in that. Yeah. Like, every time they're like, why don't, why? why? Uh-huh. Well, we busy. We're busy. We're really busy. Now, I'll let the – and Halloween is not my jam. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Christmas gal. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I'm happy for all you Halloween girlies. Sure. Yes. Uh, happy to give you whatever you need. Yep. And uh-huh. let you be who you are. Yep. Just not my jam. Yep. But my kids love Halloween. Oh, fun. So – so October's so October right around it's just the corner, all like those in the bones. Things. They're yes. already talking about their costumes. Of course. They're eight and five and thrilled. So fun. Yeah. Why do you love our community? Oh, there's so many reasons. Um, you know, the thing I love most about Lexington really is that it's a small town. Mm-hmm. There are three hundred thousand people here. Fayette County is the second largest city county in the the state it's a you know top 50 whatever blah 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 right. the commerce can give you chamber of commerce can give you all of those <laughs> yes. things but you are always one person away from mm. the person you want to meet i in this town i love that i really believe that uh-huh. uh and it's incredible right like this town that was tiny for quite a while right. has kept 
some of the best parts of being a small town mm. without it being like two stoplights and everyone truly knows everyone, yes. right? Yes. Which I mm, grew up in the suburbs, can't handle. <laughs> uh, so it gives you a little bit of the big city amenities mm-hmm. and the charm of a larger city without feeling sort of oppressive in a bigger city. Yes. Uh, and I really, really love that. And I know sometimes Lexington can be, because it is just one big Mm -hmm. small town Mm -hmm. it can be hard not to crack and it can be a place that does feel like if you're not a certain yep you don't but what I really I I think this is true and maybe this is me being Pollyanna this town wants to help right it cares about people it the folks here believe in each other they believe in the local there are so many great um you can find almost anything you need, and you can find it from a Lexingtonian. Yes. And that is oh, it's just so great. Mm-hmm. And that's why we haven't left. Right. Uh, wh- why would I leave, you know, the best town in America? Oh, they should put that on the sign. They should. Mm. Why do you love yourself? <laughs> Whew. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I think that I – the thing I like the most about myself mm-hmm. – um, the thing that I maybe am proudest about myself mm. is being loyal. Um, mm. Being some not loyal to the sense of like hurting myself. Right. But if you're my friend, you're my friend. Mm. And we're going to figure it out. Like yeah. we're going to find a way that I may not see you every day. I may not even see you every year. Right. But we're going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to send you a Christmas card. Yeah. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, and and I'm not going to not hold you accountable right. in that way. So you're my friend, but if you're being weird, we're going to let you we're know. We're going to have a little chat. Yes. Uh, and it, you know, <laughs> leadership Lexington, right? Uh-huh. Um, I, one of our classmates mentioned that she, we did a DISC assessment oh, yeah. and mentioned that her score on the DISC um, was everything she didn't like about herself. Oh, yes. And I've been thinking about that a lot for the uh-huh. last two weeks because that's actually true for me, too. Right. Um, a lot of the words that are used and where I fell on the DISC assessment don't feel great for sure. a woman. Yeah. And they are things that I've spent my life not wanting to be. Right. And the people that I want to be, the the people I admire, the people that I wish I was a little bit more like mm-hmm. are in like the cone next they're you right (laughs) right they're people who are so easygoing Mm -hmm. and and so effervescent all the time Mm -hmm. and like not crippled by the ambition of having to do (laughs) right uh and so I was thinking a lot about her saying that and how much how hard we are on ourselves right um and I think for the next year the the work for me is to realize that this is this is who I am, and, like, let's just be the best at being this. Yes. And be happy with – because, you know, I thought – I I really loved how they talked about how we need everybody. Yes. Right, to make this work. Yeah. And so um, that, you know, maybe is a little, like, in the feels. No, Giving I leadership love likes it. a little bit too much credit. But, like, it matters, yes. right, that you're going to be the best whatever that you yeah. are. And you're going to use those skills to do the best you can for your community. Mm. And that is – 
Yeah. It's been my deal for a yes. long time. Mandy, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited for this weekend. I hate that I can't be there. You're going to have the best time, and I cannot wait to visit the museum. I'm going to come in with a bag of the yeah. peanut butter pretzels and just walk around and learn some things about those Hunt Morgans. Do it. Because I need to. Yeah. Well, there'll be lots more non-Hunt Morgans you can learn about, too. Love it. Okay. I will see oh, you next time. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour, brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. We'll be back next week right here on Radio Lex, or you can listen to us anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY, or visit us at BGCF.org to stay up to date on all of the latest giving and do-good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good and be well. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lex, WLXU 93.9 LP FM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guests'.